Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. Today, I'm going to be bringing you a solo episode focused on the main topic coming up in the month of November, which is all based on metrics tracking. Very excited today to talk about that topic. Uh, It's near and dear to my heart, and I'm going to give some context to that. But before diving into topic, would love to invite anyone and everyone that has not taken advantage of all of our free content, please go out to growwithers.com. We have an elite team building guide, which breaks down the 12 core pillars of how we built and scaled our flagship team from 70 to over 700 real estate sales a year in just six years. And we have a lot of other information out there that we will provide to you for free. So again, go check out growwithers.com. All right, metrics tracking. So for several years um, after our team had massive growth, actually the first three years, we went from like 70 to 425 sales. A lot of podcast hosts started inviting me to come on their show. And this is back in like 2012, 2013, 2014 timeframe. So I was on Toby Salgado's show, uh, Pat Hyben, Josh Smith, the list goes on. And everybody was asking poignant questions about how we had so much growth. uh, What were some of the daily activities that we were doing? What were some of the leveraged positions we had created? And that's how we came to launch Elite Real Estate Systems in 2015. Uh, We launched our own podcast. We started our own coaching. And it all grew organically based off of demand from the podcast guests that heard me talking about some of the things that we had done on other shows. And so my goal today over the next 20, 25 minutes is to talk specifically to metrics tracking and make it fun because I know when it comes to data, when it comes to numbers, a lot of people don't get super excited. And it actually is very, very exciting because it can, if done the right way, it can empower you to make better decisions on how you choose to spend money, on how you choose to recruit agents, where people choose to put their time in terms of key performance indicators, and the list goes on and on and on. So contextually, where all of this started for me personally was back in college. Um, I hated math through high school. I don't know, for a lot of listeners out there who enjoy math, um, congratulations. It wasn't my thing. Did not do well in math. I always had to have a tutor tutor if I wanted to get good grades in those classes. But I took a class in college. I got a degree in business from the University of Nebraska, Omaha. And one of my courses was called statistics. And in my stats class, we played with Excel spreadsheets. Up to that point, I hadn't spent a lot of time in Excel. But the idea, of course, on statistics was talking about any type of statistic when it pertains to sports, when it pertains to business. But it got me really excited because I got to learn how statistics could empower me. And there have now been a a myriad of books I've read since taking that stats class, of course. And as I've grown my own businesses and now coach others to grow theirs, 
um, that have helped open my eyes to different things. So I know Gary Keller covers a lot of analytics when in writing the MREA book, Millionaire Real Estate Agent book, that still apply today, 15 years later. Um, there's a lot of great content in the book, Freakonomics and Thinking Like a Freak. If you're a numbers person, those are smoldies, but goodies. Um, I loved the one thing as well by Gary Keller, where he would break down different businesses and talk about what they had done. Um, and I could make a bunch more recommendations, but I'll end on that. So coming from that vantage point in 2006, I got my license in 2007, I started an Excel spreadsheet and it was very basic. I wanted to have the name, phone number, email address of every person. I also wanted to know when was the last time I touched somebody. And this is before a lot of the CRMs were even out there and up and running. I, it was essentially my own CRM and it was free and it was just in Excel. And I started tracking buy sides versus list sides, number of unit sales, referrals I received, where the lead came from, what lender I used. And this was all just in an Excel spreadsheet. And every year I would ask myself, what else do I want to know? What else do I want to know? And it grew into this monster spreadsheet. And when we launched our team in 2011, we continued using the Excel spreadsheet. And what we started to learn was it what the Excel spreadsheet provided to us, and this kind of went back to our stats class, is it showed us patterns. And we were able to make educated decisions on where we wanted to spend our money and where we wanted to spend our time. And so when you talk about return on money, that's a return on investment, ROI. When we talk about return on time, that's ROT, return on time. And the reason there's a delineation is while it might be really inexpensive to generate a lead, for example, off of Craigslist, which today we still close a couple deals a month off of Craigslist and it's practically free. While that's an inexpensive way to generate leads, it might take more time to convert a Craigslist lead versus a Zillow lead. So of course the Zillow lead costs a lot more money, but it's gonna be a much higher quality lead. But at the end of the day, there's a relationship between return on investment and a return on time. And one should be cognizant um, about which one of those they wanna be focused on and or both. And so, we started working with a company called Sisu, S-I-S-U uh, dot C-O, uh, four or five years ago. And we had a lot of success helping them to build out the pl a platform that now serves all of the top brokerages across the country, all of the top, C top CRMs across the country. And Sisu is, in effect, our Excel spreadsheet on steroids. And it does a lot more than just track numbers. And so this is not intended to be a CSU pitch, but we do believe any smart business person that wants to be empowered with data, that want to be able to make educated decisions when it comes to return on investment and return on time, either sign up for CSU or find a product very similar to that they believe will help empower them to make better choices and better decisions. So I'll circle back to that here in a minute. Um, I want to go back to when we were getting interviewed on all these podcasts and when we were being invited to be keynote speakers on stages across the country, we came up with an acronym called CLASS, C-L-A-S-S, -S, which stood for culture, leads, accountability, systems, and strategies. And a lot of people have heard us talk about a lot of our 12 pillars of our um, coaching platform and how we believe teams should scale. And there is nothing that we talk about that we don't track. Literally, when it comes to culture, there's elements of our culture we track. When it comes to Legion, of course, we're tracking that. When it comes to accountability, we're tracking that. When it comes to our systems and different strategies that we implement, everything is trackable. Everything is quantifiable. And if you have something you're doing in your business that's not trackable, that's not quantifiable, 
that's not creating a pattern so you can make better decisions moving forward, you should stop doing that thing today or find a way to make it trackable. Otherwise, you're throwing money away. And I cannot tell you how often I'll meet with top teams or top agents and we'll be ideating around the best lead gen strategies or best lead conversion strategies or best recruiting strategies or best anything. And I'll ask, how do you, what's your return on investment? What's your return on time? And you'll just see someone looking at you with like the deer in a headlight facial expression. And I'll say, don't tell me you can't give me what your return on investment is because you just so-and-so hypothetical situation, you just got done bragging to me how great XYZ lead source is, but you have no idea what kind of return on profit you're getting and how long it took you to convert those leads. And if they can't give you that, then they don't know. And I cannot tell you guys, 99% of the time I meet with teams or somebody's on a panel with me or I'm interviewing someone on a podcast and they're bragging about how great something is, I'll ask them for real numbers and they don't know. And if they don't know, then they don't know. And they shouldn't be talking about the success of something. So as we start coming into the fourth, you know, we're in the fourth quarter, but as we start turning the corner into 2023, we're going to have a lot of challenges against us. The market is currently a seller's market in most places. Obviously, it's softening to a neutral market. Um, You see interest rates are going up and up and up. A lot of people are rumoring that they're going to go to above 10% or around 10% until after the election, the market's going to slow down. And it's going to go back to the same market I was born in, in 2006 or 2007, where there was seven or eight months of inventory across the country, a buyer's market. Um, Interest rates weren't ever up to 10% in my life, but I saw seven and a half and we're already there again. So when that happens, we have to be more intentional about our systems and our processes. We can't just go to a neighborhood barbecue and three people say they want to list their house and we stick a sign in the yard while we're golfing nine offers come in and we go back to the seller and say, take the highest and best, take offer number C. And then you put a deal together and you make $12,000. That market never existed for me while I was in an active sales role um, because I got out of the active sales role in 2014. All I've ever known is how to W-O-R-K to get listing leads to close and to get buyer leads to close. And so one of the nicest things about tracking is you'll know where your business comes from. So at the end of a year, when you look at your numbers, you can say, okay, 30% of my deals came from CrossFit. 10% of my deals came from mailers. 30% of my deals came from Google ads. 7% of my deals came from referrals. And you can start to create a pattern around where your deals came from and then try to determine how long did you spend with each different type of lead source and how much money did you spend on each different type of lead source. And if you're consistently spending money on the same thing over a one-year period, which is the amount of time I recommend, and let me just draw the analogy, let's say you're using Google Ads, which is something we've used for over 10 years. If I know I'm spending $1,000 a month, on Google ads and I go 12 months, I've committed 12 months to Google ads at $1,000 a month. That's a $12,000 investment. And I know that $1,000 gets me 1,000 clicks. I know that out of 1,000 clicks, 10% of those people are going to sign up. That's my stat. These have been the same stats for 10 years. And this applies to most areas across the country. So if I can get 100 people to sign up on the site, I know that I can convert 2% of those. So for every $1,000 I spend, I'll get two closings, cost me $500 to get a closing. And the average commission in our market is $6,000. But I don't work those leads myself, I refer them to somebody else. So essentially I make $3,000 less the 500 I spend on the lead source, I net 2,500 and the agent gets 3,000 and pays me the referral fee of the other 3,000 less the 500. So 
When one can create that type of clarity, they now have something that can grow. I can spend 2000 and generate four closed deals. I can spend 4000 and have eight closed deals. The challenge I want for everyone listening right now is that you get to a point where there's so many leads coming in that you personally can't service them all. And now you get to play the game of taking the better leads. We've all heard this before, the lowest lying fruit, the cream on the top, and then turning all the other leads over to someone else. Until you get to the point where you don't even take the better leads, you just hire someone and pay them a salary or you get have them pay you a really large referral fee to work your easy lower lying fruit. And that's the point I got to in 2014. I was a hybrid for a while and then was able to exit altogether and focus on my business, not work in my business. That's the level of clarity that metrics tracking is going to be able to give each and every person that chooses to be consistent with metrics tracking every week, every month, every year. And it's not as hard as it sounds. You just have to have a systematic approach. You can be in Excel. You can be in Sisu. There's a lot of different ways to track it, but you got to pick a source. If you have a team, you need to be sure to encourage all the other agents to also track the same way you track and or hire an admin or train your admin to be tracking on behalf of the agent. And we've done it both ways. As I sit here today in this recording, uh, we have over 120 agents at KW Elite across Nebraska. We have six expansion locations, which we call Indies, in Keller Williams vernacular, mega agent offices. Um, all of those offices range from five agents to 30 agents. And we require at our brokerage or market center that every mega agent office has a CSU board. And all the teams within their mega agent offices have CSU boards. And all of the agents have CSU boards. So each agent's CSU board rolls up to the team board. Each team board rolls up to the mega agent office board. And each mega agent office board rolls up into the market center's board. So we have a master um, spreadsheet, if you will, through CSU that allows us to know a myriad of topics that is going to be incredibly enlightening when it comes to um, the the how the real estate market is performing right now in our market area. And some examples of those would be, number one, you go on a listing presentation. Um, you share with a seller how many days on market is the average. So let's say in Omaha right now, average days on market is 27, but my team's average or our company's average is 22. That would be a, a piece of information that you would love to know that would help you to get a listing because your company's listings sell seven days faster than everybody else's. Something else that we can track that we do track is how many showings occur on our listings before they go under contract. So if you go to a listing presentation on a $2 million house and the seller's expecting seven offers to come in in the first week, but you have the data to prop up the idea that the average house over the last 30 days has needed 17 showings or two showings, whatever it is, before they receive an offer, you now can set realistic expectations for your seller. Um, another stat we track is how many showings does a buyer go on before they go under contract? Of course, if you compared this in a seller's market to a buyer's market, I remember in a buyer's market, the average buyer would go on five to 10 showings in person. If the realtor does the, all the pre-work, they look at 50 houses online and narrow it down to five to 10. They should do all the showings in one day and hopefully put the person under contract. In a seller's market, they actually probably look at less houses, but a lot more times. So they might go out and look at one house, but have to do that 10 different times and make multiple offers. And, you know, they end up net net probably going to the same amount of houses, but it's going to take you a lot more time. And so we're tracking the relationship between not only, of course, the cost of the lead and the amount of time it takes to convert it, but how much time the agent's actually putting in with each lead source so that in the next calendar year, 
when you're making a determination of where do you want to put your money and where do you want to put your time, you're making those choices based on information that you gathered the year prior. Um, one of the topics I always talk about when we go into metrics, metrics tracking is the 80-20 rule. And it's really more, I would say, the 90-10 rule. And that, that rule is that 10% of your time typically will get you 90% of your results. And a great analogy would be dieting. So for me, I've always been on low carb is what's helped me lose weight. I've probably gained and lost 100 pounds 10 times in my life. And I have found less than 10% of my intention with food, if I just focused 10% of my time eating the right things, it's going to get me a majority of my results with my weight loss. It's not the exercise. It's not, you know, the sleep and the vitamins and all these other things. It's, it's the food. 10% of it. If I put 10% of my energy in just the food, 90% will come as a result. When it comes to lead generation, the amount of time somebody spends in different lead gen um, capacities, agents are always shocked that they'll look at the end of the year and they'll say, well, yeah, I got most of my money comes from Zillow as an example. But when you break it all down, they find out most of their money actually came from their CrossFit gym. Zillow was just the lowest lying fruit and it appeared to be the best source, but net net. 90% of their income ended up coming from CrossFit and they only put 10% of their time into CrossFit. And so if you track your numbers the right way, the following year, every year, you can go put 80% of your focus into the thing that got you 90% of the result instead of just putting 10 or 20% of your focus into that item. And so we've always suggested when it comes to ad budget and your time that you put 70% of your time into the number one lead source from the year previous and that you put 30% of your time into two or three other lead sources so that you always can be split testing and tracking what works best for you. As a true servant leader whose intention is to help their followers become the best version of themselves, they should help the people in their world do the same. So just because you who's listening now is great at engaging your sphere because you've been in the business for 10 years and everyone knows you, likes you, and trusts you, doesn't mean Jane Doe that just joined your team is going to have as much success with sphere. So you might need to help Jane Doe in her first year spend a majority of her time working internet leads. And we actually have a, a belief that two-thirds of one's deal their first year should come from internet leads that are generated by the team. The second year, it should be a third internet leads, a third sphere, a third prospecting. And the third year, it should be two-thirds sphere leads, one-third one prospecting, one-third internet leads. Or sorry, splitting that last third bucket half and half between um, internet leads and outbound prospecting. And so this is just simply drawing this conclusion that you can create this expectation. You can create key, key KPIs, key performance indicators. You can make better decisions with how you spend your time and how the other people in your world spend their time so that we all make more money and less time with less energy, which is the entire point. So um, I could keep on going and create more examples. I think everyone gets the point. I think what matters the most is that you're tracking it and that you have a place to be tracking it and that you're encouraging your agents to be tracking as well. Um, when it comes to analytics, no one thinks it's sexy, but it is. It's fun. Once you have it and you know that it's consistent, your admins are plugged in, plugged in and your teams are plugged in and you can actually open up a CSU dashboard or an Excel spreadsheet and know how many calls did Jane Doe make this week? How many connections did she have? How many appointments did she go on? How many executed buy sides did she have? How many listings did she take? How many hours did she spend prospecting for leads this week? And if you have that data over a year period, you can break it all the way down at the end of the year. If she sells 36 houses and makes 100,000 in income, you can break it down to know that Jane Doe had to make 150 calls 
to get to close one sale. And the way our numbers have broken down across 25 agents that we tracked for 10 consecutive years, we found it took five calls to talk to one person. And we had to talk to 10 people to go on one appointment. And we had to go on three appointments to have one sale. And with that one sale based on the average payout amount, which call it $30,000, or sorry, $3,000, because it was a boomtown lead or an internet lead that they paid us a 50% referral fee on, we came to draw the conclusion that on average across all the agents, and these were newer agents, they had to make 150 dials to close one sale. And they needed to sell around 30 houses a year to make $100,000 a year. And so when somebody set their call goal each week, it was as easy as that math. They would, we would just ask them, how much money do you want to make? And they'd decide a, a dollar amount based on the life that they wanted to live. And if they said, hey, I want to make you know, $100,000 a year, we said, okay, well, on average, you need to make about 150 outbound calls a week to make $150,000, sorry, $100,000 a year. And that's not the math. It's like 104.5 or something like that. But each person that's listening to this, if you're a real business and your goal is to help others become the best versions of themselves, if you cannot help educate your your agents that follow you with this type of data, you're doing them a huge disservice. It's not their, I mean, it is their responsibility because they're independent contractors, but most agents aren't going to put in the time and effort to know how to track this and to know what energy and efforts they need to put in to get a certain result. And some of you might be saying, oh, Jeff, this works for internet leads, but this doesn't work for Sphere. You're wrong. This 100% works for Sphere. You could have every day, if you spent one hour following up with your Sphere by sending text messages, Facebook messages, calling, sending handwritten notes, you could be tracking consistently over a year period. That one hour time block, you could say 15 minutes is handwritten notes, 15 minutes is phone calls, 15 minutes is text, and 15 minutes is Facebook messages to your sphere of influence five days a week, 20 days a month, over a 12-month period. And I guarantee at the end of the year, if you're tracking where did each of those leads come from, was it from my handwritten note, my Facebook message, my text message, or my call, you'll know at the end of the year that 40% came from the handwritten message and only 1% came from the Facebook message. And you'll be able to draw that conclusion. And all of those strategies I just shared are free. The only, I mean, a, maybe a postage stamp costs a couple bucks, but essentially those are strategies are free monetarily. They're going to take you time. The nice thing about Facebook messages, text messages, and handwritten notes, and even calling is all can be leveraged. Um, if you're using something like a Mojo Cells, Mojo Dialer, you can do pre-recorded voicemails and have your admin drop the voicemail, have your admin send the message or an ISA, VA, whatever the case might be. So of course you can track that. And then of course, with outbound prospecting, you can track how many hours did you spend at an open house? How much time did you spend at the open house or whatever other outbound prospecting strategy you're u- utilizing, door knocking, expired calls, FISBO calls, which all of these things are going to start coming back as we turn back to a neutral market and a buyer's market. So We've spoken so far just around analytics pertaining to empowering your agent and leadership and helping people make more money, less time, less energy. We haven't spoken to two other categories when it comes to metrics tracking, one of which is what Sisu would call gamification. Um, We are in a day and age where everyone loves to track everything. Uh, We found that the gamification portal of Sisu is very empowering and engaging when it comes to our company culture. So an example of this could be if everybody says January 1st, they all want to, you know, have a New Year's resolution of being healthier, whatever healthier means. Maybe your team is going to be spiritually healthier and have an activity that everyone agrees to once a week that's going to help them feel better spiritually. Maybe it's meditation, physically healthier. Maybe it's some type of exercise or some type of diet routine. Well, 
based on metrics tracking, one could choose inside of the Sisu dashboard to track every day. Did they journal? Did they meditate? Did they work out? And there's literally a little box you would check. And then there'd be a board that displays this. And you'd be able to see over a calendar year who who meditated the most, who worked out the most, who did whatever. And you can gamify it in the sense that you can award points to people that performed higher than other people. Well, the same gamification, I believe, is, is important when it comes to um, agents doing the key performance indicators related to a real estate commission. Too often, we just celebrate the sale. But why would we not celebrate the leading indicator, not the lagging indicator? Why would we not celebrate if you made your 150 calls? You might not have had a single closing this week or a single sale, but you made your calls and you could gamify that. And you could say, hey, at the end of the year, whoever makes all their calls every week consistently for 12 months, we're going to take you to a really fancy dinner or we're going to take you to a trip to Cancun. And you gamify the activities that help people to be successful, not just celebrate the success that people have. And I believe the reason people don't spend more time on the leading indicators and getting into the micros is because they don't know how. And they don't know how because no one taught them and they didn't choose to teach themselves. And that's why you follow podcasts like this. That's why people join organizations like Elite Real Estate Systems that trains people on how to use CSU that trains people on how to follow these systems and the processes, that train people on how to train people, how to teach your agents, how to lead them, how to hold them accountable. Um, The other accountability piece to the gamification is that when your success manager sits down with each agent every week and runs through all the numbers, they're able to track are all of the leads they have in each category in the correct category? Are they getting called the right amount of times? Are the agents doing all the activities that they had promised themselves and their families that they would get, that they would do to get a certain result. All of this can be tracked. All of this is part of metrics tracking. Another piece to this that a lot of agents never had, I never had, was how often could you go up to any random agent and say, how many pending deals do you have? And an agent might say, I think I've got three or four pending deals. But the big question is, well, what kind of, what's the net revenue going to be on those three or four pending deals? Most agents haven't already figured that out. Um, If you're using an advanced platform like Sisu, it will automatically know once you've put those deals in and pended them, what your commission payout will be once all those deals close. It can show you year to date how much income you've received. You can do comparisons year over year. So I could say, how much pending income did I have this year at this time versus last year at this time? Or how much closed income did I have last year at this time versus this year at this time? You could also compare how many call attempts did I have last year at this time versus this year? You could say, how many times did I do yoga last year at this time versus this year? Anything and everything you can think of analytically, anything that's regarding data is tra- is trackable. The other piece that's very empowering is if you're using a CRM like Boomtown, where you've categorized leads into hot, nurture, watch, archive, you also can um, attach a dollar amount to close sales that haven't gone pending yet. So let's say I have my hot category of four buyers and three active listings. These aren't under contract yet, but I can establish a value. So I could say, hey, those three listings are all at 6% and my payout, if it does sell at $450,000, my payout's gonna be X. And then on the buy sides, I can say, hey, if these go under contract, they're looking in the half a million dollar range. This person's a $200,000 investor. This person's a $1.6 million luxury buyer. I can figure out what my commission would be. And then that particular pot um, in Sisu can say to me, hey, Jeff, if you close 50%, of your hot category by the end of this year, that's gonna generate an additional $73,000 to you. So imagine how empowered an agent can be 
by logging in and having access to this data and be able to know how much income do I have coming in that's spending? How much have I already made this year? And if I were to close half of my hot category or all of my hot category, how much additional revenue do I have? And as we sit here and I ask that rhetorical question, how, how many times in our career, in your career, have you had that kind of data at your fingertips? And I'm guessing most of you are going to say never. And I know for myself, I will say never. For myself, I haven't. I've empowered my agents now to have that data because I know how important it is for them. But I didn't have this data when I was in an active role. And had I, I think I would have been even that much more motivated to be sure I closed all my hot leads and made sure I made the calls and did the connects and sent the text messages and did the handwritten letters and made the extra effort because I could directly see the commission dollars that were tied to it. And if I were ever on a panel or I was ever on a stage or I was ever on a podcast and someone said to me, hey, Jeff, what's your return on investment on your Craigslist leads? I'd be able to say it's a 10x return on investment. And they'd say, well, how much time does it take to convert a Craigslist lead? And I'd be able to tell them the amount of time. And they'd say, well, how much time did you spend on open houses last year? And I'd be able to say, I spent five hours um, a month on open houses last year. I did one a month and I was able to close seven listings off of it and two buyers and it generated... $63,000 $63,000 net, um, $86,000 gross. And I knew it only took up about five to 10% of my time. Next year, I'm going to do twice as many because I believe that's a good way for me to spend my active time. I mean, imagine the conversations you can have and how empowered you can be if you're following these numbers. And I think it's more than just the rainmaker. I think it's more important that we as leaders are empowering the people in our world and think about your ability to scale. Once you've defined for each individual person where their best time is spent, where the greatest ROI is for them and the greatest ROT, and you add another person and you add another person and now you have 100 agents and now you have 1,000 agents, if you want to go that big, having the data is everything. It empowers you. And you also can start to watch, as I had said earlier, we're going to start turning into a neutral market back to a buyer's market. You're going to be able to track and say, well, our money's not making sense anymore going towards X lead source that used to give me a lot of listing leads. I now need to focus on buyer leads because the listings aren't selling and I need to start generating some profit. I'm going to start moving some of that budget into something else because the data is telling me that it's not working. Um, and you can know there's like those leading and lagging indicators. You can know we, we know on, on average, our leads are in our database around five to six months before they go under contract. And then another month or two before we get paid. So you're looking at a seven to eight month span from a lead registering to a lead going under contract. And this applies to prospecting leads, sphere leads, internet leads, it doesn't matter. The process is about six to eight months. And if you have this information and you see, you know, a lot of people are are registering, but I'm not getting a hold of them or they're registering and they're saying they're a year out or they're two years out, you might start to be able to draw some conclusions that the lead source that used to make you all the money is drying up and you now need to put some time and energy into a new lead source, which is a perfect parallel into the book, Who Moved the Cheese? And no one needs to read it. The idea is all these fat rats are eating off this big block of cheese and the cheese goes away. And some of those fat rats keep coming back to the same spot, expecting that big block of cheese to be sitting there for them, but the cheese is gone. And every seven to 10 years, a shift takes place in the real estate market and the cheese isn't gone. It just moves. You just have to know where it moves to and you have to follow it. And using that same analogy, you have to help your agents find their cheese. Everyone has different places they like to go to be successful, different activities they prefer to do. We as leaders need to help each person 
use our God-given talents to become the best version of ourselves to make more money, least amount of time, least amount of energy. And the way John Doe does it doesn't need to be the same way Jane Doe does it and doesn't need to be the same way that the listener on this podcast does it. We all do it different ways, but let's track each way so we can help each person become better year over year over year. Love the topic. You guys can tell I'm passionate about it. I know it will make a huge difference for your business. So if you haven't already gone out and signed up for a metrics tracking platform, I would highly recommend Sisu. Uh, you can find out all the information about Sisu on our website. Just go out to EliteRealEstateSystems.com and click on the resources tab. Um, we have a drop down of all of the different companies that we currently use. If we don't use them, we don't talk about them. I know there's a lot of sellout coaching companies out there that will post things just because they get kickbacks. We only will tell or share or invite people to use companies that we're actively using that are making a difference in the business that we're running today. Sisu has made a huge difference for us. And as you guys listen to this episode, getting ready to get into 2023, I promise you, you could not regret taking on a metrics tracking platform with gamification, leaderboards, dashboards. Uh, you can do contract to close inside of the platform. It gives you everything and anything under the sun that you're going to need to be empowered, to take the power back. And right now where you're trying to cut all costs, you can't cut coaching and you can't cut lead gen and you can't cut trip metrics tracking. Those are vital for any business to succeed and be able to pivot with the different changes as we see the cheese move. Appreciate you guys listening to these podcast episodes. If you found value and you think others would as well, please do not forget to go out to iTunes or the podcast app you use to listen to these and give us a five-star review. Give a shout out to our guests or one of my solo episodes. Uh, just give us some feedback. And then also, if there's ever an author or a celebrity or someone in the industry that you would like us to interview. Most people have been very receptive of our invitation to either come on Zoom or meet us here in person in our studio. Please don't hesitate to shoot us a message on Instagram um, or shoot me a personal message on Instagram and let me know who you want us to interview. I'm at Jeff M. Cohn. And then we're at, I think it's Elite Real Estate Systems. You can find all the social media tags at growwithers.com. But until next time, super excited about our high-level topic of metrics tracking that we're kicking off the month of November on our high-level team leader training product through Elite Real Estate Systems. And again, for more information about that, for free content, for upcoming events, go out to growwithers.com. Thank you so much. Yeah, 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 yeah.